and welcome to Soberholic Podcast. This show is designed to address topics that will encourage, equip, and inspire you to explore life's most difficult topics and overcome your biggest challenges. Today, your hosts, Roger and Jason, will share from their own experience how you can find hope and healing in recovery. Hey, 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 welcome back to Soberholic Podcast. My name's Roger. I am in studio with the one and only Jason Ross. Here I am. I'm here. Here I am. Here I am. There I am. I'm ready. So what's up, dude? Man, it is a beautiful day outside. I'm looking out the window here in the studio. I don't get the good view that you get. It's of an alleyway. So, I mean, it's not like I'm overlooking <laughs> you're the Shenandoah the sunshine, Valley like, or anything. I see brick when I look out the window. Yeah. But it's springtime, you know, it's, it's weather's great though. Yeah, right. Weather's now. great. Um, it's not humid here in Alabama yet. It's coming. The pollen isn't here yet. Quite yet. No, it really isn't. I've heard a lot of people grappling about it, but it hadn't affected me at all yet. But, um, it, weather has been good the past few days. Next week, it looks like it's going to be rain. Now, I don't know when everybody sees our, when we'll actually air this episode, it may not be rain then, but yeah, it is now. But today, uh, I wanted to kind of spin off of a um, an episode we did not too long ago. We we talked about mental health issues, and we actually talked about suicide. Um, now, that, I don't think we'll talk about suicide today, but I will talk about this personally. Rather than giving um, our listeners a, a to do list or a um, a punch list of things that may help them in their life. I just kind of wanted to open the veil and let people into my life for a minute. Yeah. Um, and it, even this comes as kind of a shocker to you, I guess, but um, we haven't even talked about this because it's kind of festered up slowly, you know, like most problems do. And, and I found myself just depressed, like more depressed than like I, I normally would be. And all the things that I normally do has not really worked. You know what I mean? Not just bored. Right. Well, Like, I've seen you get bored before. Yeah. Now, you're like, I need the next thing. What is the next thing I need to do? And that is part of what I have felt, though, in some ways, um, as I found out today. But that I do get completely what you're saying. What is my next thing? And I've not had that lately, which led into some of this depression. Uh, things have just been different. COVID, all of that. Um, I even found myself today um, leaving out of Walmart with my mask on. And I'm like, it's been so nice not to have to smile and put a smile on. Like, I can walk <laughs> past people just as grumpy as I want to walk by them. And, you know, all they see is my eyeballs. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know how I'm going to go back to not wearing, I mean, with not having to wear masks. But anyways, I, I found myself um, just being depressed for several months now. And, you know, oftentimes when you become depressed, you don't know that you're depressed. And so I, I can't say that I've known I've been depressed, the, you know, the whole time. But I, I come to realize as, as I've looked uh, more in depth with my own situations, my thoughts, uh, how critical I've become again, uh, resentful I became at people. All of these things have built up to realize that it's not the world, um, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I had to look in the mirror and see the problem. And um, don't really know how I got where I'm at. You know, it could just be a mixture of things. But I, I made the decision that I'm going to do something different this time. And I said, all right, I think um, possibly going and talking to a professional counselor would be a good idea. And didn't really know where to start. 
So I called up my regular physician, asked for a referral. They gave me a referral to a psychiatrist. You right. ever been to a psychiatrist before? Oh, yeah. Well, what I remember from psychiatrist was that I could get whatever kind of pills I wanted from them uh, because at, at that time, you know, being from the military, I've always dealt with like, PTSD and some other things in my life. And so it was pretty easy to get pills from them. And I used that to my advantage. And missing the hand. Oh, yeah. That. I mean, yeah. I knew how to work the system. Yeah. And so I, I was kind of leery about this part of it but my doctor i'm very open with my doctor about what's going on so i was like you know whatever i just i just think it'd be good for me to get in and talk to a professional and so um she made my appointment over to, to a psychiatric doctor i guess that's what you would call that psychiatrist, psychiatrist. there you go <laughs> <laughs> and uh so i met with this gentleman super nice guy first of all we were going to do the, the phone uh, thing. I don't like that. That's no. just a me deal. Right. I wanted to meet in person. So this was the only guy that would meet me in person. So I, I met him in person and um, he wanted to know what brings brings you in. I said, I don't know, really just depressed. You know, you got to break the ice. Don't really know what to say. You know, it's hard to walk into a room face to face and say, I'm screwed up. Yeah. With a total stranger. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, although I am more open from, you know, working my recovery for all these years than the the normal person yeah i'm more aware of my feelings than probably just your typical person oh sure uh because you know just recovery's taught me to do that so i sat down with him and i talked to him and i could tell as soon as we sat down he was a little behind the eight ball the curve of his appointments you know he, he got to me a little late uh -huh. we were going through it really quick and he apologized a dozen times he said i've got to ask you a lot of questions for intake and i was like okay and so for the next 20 minutes, it was one question after another question. You know, am I suicidal? Do I have guns in my house? And all the typical questions. Sure. And I'm thinking any moment we're going to get to the, we're going to get to, you know, let's talk. Me and the psychiatrist, we're going to talk about what's going on, um, some solutions to fix the problem, yada, yada, yada. You know, that's, that's what I'm here for. And so we get to this end of this 20 minutes or so, and he goes, all right, well, we've got three solutions. We can give you pills, um, some antidepressants. It looks like it's gonna that would work for you. Um, we could also give you these other problems, these other set of pills for some other things that was going on. Or we could give you these benzos. Um, no, it was, we could give you antidepressants, we could give you therapy, or we could give you benzos. Jeez. Um, and I said, well, the benzos is not a good idea yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, and those are the, your Valiums, Kalatabins, those things, yeah. addictive drugs. Oh yeah. But you know, with the, the list of problems I laid out, he said you, that would fall in the category of treatable solutions. And I said, no, I don't really want that. And at this point, we've kind of moved through so quick, and he keeps saying therapy, and I'm thinking like 12-step meeting therapy. That's what I had in my head. Mm. But I realized after it all, after I settled down and processed it, that was like a one-on-one -on -one counselor that I could have the opportunity to talk to. Yeah. And so I said, all right, let's take option number one. I'll take door number one. We'll do the antidepressants. Yeah. And that was it. That was right. the that was the end of the conversation, and he was like, "You're good to go. All yeah, right, bye bye." Yeah, I mean, now I, this was a super nice guy. I'm, I'm not going to say anything bad about him, but I, after I sat down and began to think back on the conversation that he and I had over 20 minutes, 
I realized that a psychiatrist and a therapist are two different things. Right. And so he was doing his job. You know, the psychiatrist is the one that writes the, the scripts, the medications, yeah. and the therapist, or I think psychologist is another. Psychologist, you know, yeah. Uh, maybe a little bit more. More education. There you go. Um, or the ones that do the talking. The still to- a, doc- a doctor. Most a psychologist yes. is still a doctor. And so I, I had turned down from the psychiatrist the option to go to the therapist that he, you know, said was an option. And um, so I was like, well, crap, you know, uh, here I am, got pills on the way for antidepressant, and I really I just wanted to talk to somebody. Yeah. You know, let's just talk these, you know, problem shared, problem divided. We've said that several right. times on here, and that's really what I was trying to get at. So I called back up, made another appointment to go see a therapist, which is what I did today. A counselor. Well, therapist. Licensed professional counselor. counselor. She's actually licensed in social work, master's degree, um, all of those things. And so we sat down, a super nice lady. It was a lady, which was weird because I'm used to talking to just men, just always kind of been that way in recovery. Right. And um, so this was a woman that we talked about. And um, it was very easy talking to her. I guess she. Is used to prying things out of people. Uh, open book, man. Gave it to her. Just laid it out there. And um, it was really, really good to talk and just share what was going on with me. I don't know getting the details of what all we talked about, at least on the, on the air. But, um, you know, we spent about an hour with one another hashing these things out. But we ended with this. It said that uh, she's like, well, you know, it sounds like your problem in a lot of ways, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing this. Sure. She didn't just say, this is, you're screwed up and this is your problem. <laughs> you know, she, she didn't do that. Um, but she said, um, yes, you know, a lot of your problem comes from your thinking. And it, you know, I, yep, I, yes. I identify. <laughs> um, but, you know, so we, we got to, we got to fix our thinking. And he gets, she said, have you ever heard of the three C's? Have you? Have you ever heard of the three C's? No, I haven't. I said, if I have, I'm not using them. She said, actually, you are, and you don't know that you are. And she says, so when you have a thought, the first thing you could do is catch it. So if you're having a thought of using or if you're having a thought of whatever, um, you, you catch that thought. And then you have to confirm that thought. Like, is it true or false? Oh, yeah. See, that's me as Ooh. a lot of the things I think aren't even real. Right. Oh, I've you know, morphed it into this crazy thing that's just really twisted. And then she said, you change it. So if, um, you know, you're going around the wrong people and you're leading into a relapse, then you need to get away from those people or, or whatever, you know, whatever your case may be. And she said, you know, you're doing a lot of that right now. You, you already realize that you're having thoughts of mm-hmm. depression and, and self-pity. Because I told her right off the get-go, my problem is self-pity and fear. And she's like, normally I don't get them that detailed. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's that's what it is. Yeah. And she's like, so you've already, you know, you've already called it. Um, and some of it you've confirmed to be true and some is not true. But what can we do to begin changing these patterns? So that's kind of what my my homework assignment is to do until next month i'm going to see her again and she she even asked me you know how often would you like to see me um i don't know if you've ever seen a therapist before or a counselor but i found that strange like i can come see you as much as i want to yeah and she's like sure we can do this weekly monthly bi-weekly whatever that's what mine does <laughs> she's like you know just you know we're doing once a month right now and that seems to work like every week is just 
That's pretty intense. Well, that's what I told her. I said, once a month is good because it's been a long time since I talked to my sponsor, you know, once a week. Yeah. You know, um, so that was that was good that um, to sit down and speak with her about all this. And I feel a lot better today. Yeah. I, and I think it was just to sit there and talk to someone. Sure. Um, I mentioned to her, and, I, and I'll say this on the air, that since I've been in recovery, in one way or another, I've always – just tended to lean into leadership somehow or another. Even at AA, you know, it was being on the different boards that we had, GSR, you know, um, um, treatment corrections was one of the things that I, that I led up there. And so I was always reporting back to the group um, or I, I was always chairing meetings. There was a, there was always some kind of leadership figure that I, position I took. And Celebrate Recovery served as a state rep for Celebrate Recovery mm-hmm. for years, uh, helped other groups start. Both of the groups I was majorly a part of, I was the ministry leader. And I said, so it's always been difficult to just talk about some things because I was in a leadership position. And then there was always this pressure to always be in charge of something. So I, I've never known how to just do recovery. I don't know how to say this, but maybe from the sidelines, you know, um, not not being the man in charge all the time. Yeah. And so I'm. she's like, well, sounds like you're just trying to find your way right now, trying to – and she used the word adjustment – and she's like, you're going through a big adjustment right now. And I'm like, huh, mm. which goes back to what you meant. What's your next thing? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's exactly one of my problems right now is I don't know what my next thing is. I haven't, because she said, what What are you going to do? What, what's your 12-month goal? I was like, typically, I could have gave you my one, three, six, and 12-month goal. But right now, it's blank. I got nothing. And uh, she's like, Sounds like you you're going through some adjustments right mm. now. I said I call it a midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> you're not having a midlife crisis. <laughs> so I don't know. That's kind of what um, the past few weeks, well, really months, but taking action um, last week and this week. That's what it's looked like. And I thought it would be good for our listeners to kind of hear the difference because. Had I not thought more about that, about the the whole psychiatrist versus the counselor therapist, um, I would have probably just taken the dope and you know been done with it, or I would have just said this ain't going to work for me. This ain't what I expected, and I know that we've probably got listeners that at some point or possibly even now looking to try to get some treatment with some mental health issues. And should kind of know the difference between the two. Yeah, uh, and I mean, you know, it's not dope. You're just, you're, it's medicine. Well, you know? when I say dope, I mean the benzos. Right. Yeah, that part is. Yeah. But, <laughs> well, when I was sitting there listening to you, I was just sitting there thinking, kind of amazed that somebody like you, who's been in, you know, been sober for 16, 16 years, seventeen Seven, April the thirtieth of next month, seventeen which, years, been sober, and didn't exactly know how to navigate the mental health field you know exactly it it didn't come it wasn't obvious it wasn't like oh i I, you know i'm depressed this is what i should be doing you know and um and i think that's that's probably the case for anybody um but uh, you know people in recovery also it's it's kind of a minefield the the mental health um industry or whatever because you've got all these different things and you've got all these different 
resources that are available, but you don't really know which ones are, are like you don't know where to start, you know. And I think you started in the right place with your with your primary care doctor. But I mean, you know, um for somebody in recovery, you could you could go to a psychiatrist, which this happened to me, uh, you know, um years ago. I went to a, I went to a psychiatrist. I I thought that's where I, I was supposed to start. I went there. I was referred by my primary care doctor. Told him I was I, I had a lot of anxiety, right? And this is before I was like really, really in active addiction. This is when I was kind of kind of playing around. And he prescribed me benzos. Right. And so I started taking them things. And then all of a sudden I was taking them things like Skittles. And then all and of a sudden. crushing them. <laughs> yeah. Then all of a sudden I was running out of them, you know, three weeks before my next, you know, before my next appointment. And sh- and then then I actually showed this is this is crazy. I showed up at his at his office, my psychiatrist's office, and three weeks early. Oh yeah, yeah, three weeks <laughs> early, like a week after I'd gotten the script. And I don't remember any of this. This was told to That's me. That's the bad thing about the benzos, right? So I was in a blackout, you know, and apparently I made some kind of scene uh, big enough for them to call the police on me. So then a couple of days later, I'm coming to in a psych ward, you know, <laughs> all that to say that, you know, I mean, I didn't know. I mean, I didn't really know that the medicine, I didn't know anything about benzos at that time. I was clueless. And, you know, I, I, I've heard other people have stories like that too. Now, subsequently, after all that, I kept going to, the, to different psychiatrists, on purpose to get, you know, to get the drugs that I wanted and everything. But I mean, I say all that to just say that it was very, it was very difficult just to navigate all that kind of stuff. And it was like a long time later before I ever saw like an actual counselor, you know, or an actual therapist. And that was in a group setting. And so it wasn't really exactly what I needed. But, um, you know, now, I see a counselor regularly now, um, once a month or so, and I saw I saw him last year for maybe seven or eight sessions or whatever, and then we kind of got to a place where I was like, I think I'm okay, you know, mm-hmm. to stop for a while now, and then this year I've I've picked it back up, and um, you know, whenever I started seeing them, they were like, you know, what what brings you in? And it's usually a crisis type of situation, but in my case, it wasn't. And I think for me, what has been the most beneficial thing about having a counselor is, um, well, I mean, you're 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 kind of paying them to to actually listen to you, <laughs> <laughs> so they have to listen and pay attention to you. But you know, they're they're trained. You know, they're a prof- they're professionals. That this is what they do for a living. And especially, like, what I like about a counselor is, you know, they're not trying to just slap a Band-Aid on it with with prescribing pills, which I'm not saying that medicine, like, I'm all for, you know, if, if medicine is part, and this is the way it's been described to me before from a counselor, is that medicine is a tool in the toolbox. Right. It's not meant to be the, the, toolbox. the solution, and that's it. Yeah. it and, you know, it's... It's been described to me as, you know, medicine can be a tool in the toolbox, you know, along with therapy. 
and and support and all those other things. And so it's been really beneficial to me because it, it's an outside voice. You know, like I, I talk to you, you're my sponsor. I talk to you about everything that's going on with me and everything. But, you know, we're also friends. Right. And you, you've known me for years. And so when I talk to my counselor, she doesn't know anything. I mean, she's not connected to my world at all. And so you're getting this outside perspective that is really beneficial. And, you know, they're not invested like your counselor is not invested in your life or anything. And so I think you get some objectivity that you don't find anywhere else with counseling. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a huge fan of counseling, but um, back to how it's so hard to navigate the whole thing. To me, if somebody is, is looking for, you know, to take the next step with their mental health, if they're depressed, if they're, they have anxiety or any issues like that, that they want to actually seek professional help on. I always am. I'm, I'm a referral person. I always like to be referred to somebody from somebody I know. Right. And so that's how I got on to, to this person that is my counselor is I was referred them. Mm. What would you say is the best way? Like, <laughs> Well, to find a counselor? Yeah, if, like if you're looking for a counselor. Well, see, I don't even know where to start. Right. I mean, I, I guess you could do a phone book or Google search or whatever that we do. Well, there's not even a phone book nowadays. But, um, phone book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the reason I asked my doctor just to right, give me the yeah. referral. Oh, yeah. Because um, I figure she knew a um, yeah. good place to start, and that's how it happened with me with referral. Um, but I agree with what you mentioned, the kind of the pros of having a counselor. One of the things that in a different way that you said it is that it was just a different perspective that I, I appreciate of having, um, even talking to a woman, it was wonderful for me to sit there and hear her, um, give me, I don't know if advice is even the work. Cause she didn't really give me Suggestions. advice. Yeah. Well, Perspectives. I, yes. Perspective. Um, yeah. I, back to what I said originally, I guess, because, um, it, it let me know that I wasn't crazy um, that it was okay to feel the way I feel. Mm -hmm. And it was encouraging to hear that, you know, that she even says like, well, it sounds like you're doing better than a lot of the other people that I have sitting here, you know, that you're not just completely, you know, you have an eight and six days, you won't get out of the bed, you know, type yeah, deal. Right. You didn't wait to this point. Mm -hmm. You're proactive in, in your, she didn't say recovery, but in your, in your, mental health plan or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so it was good to hear that I was taking the right steps forward on my own, you know, yeah. and that's what recovery had given me of all the times of talking to sponsors and groups to, to realize you don't have to get to that point to try to find some help. And, um, she, she kept reiterating and I knew this and it wasn't really for me, but I guess maybe she was trying to make sure that I knew this, but I think it's good for other people to know this is that you're not less than because you see a therapist. No, you know, no. uh, that doesn't make you crazy that you got to go see your shrink or any of that type stuff. Um, in fact, she even brought up the point that she has a therapist and her therapist has a therapist, Whoa. you know, so <laughs> I thought that's kind of cool that, you know, even in today's times with life coaching and, you know, all of these different type coaching, although they're different, um, are, are out there today. It's where you meet with someone and you try to get guidance and, 
expertise in a, in a specific field and that's what i feel like i'm getting with this therapist now is just some advice some expertise um, of all the schooling that she went through and because she has met with hundreds if not thousands of people just like me over these 17 years or so she's practiced she uses those same tools and techniques and gives them to me to use yeah. because this is what worked and yeah. this isn't what worked so let's try some of these things yeah, the stigma to me, it seems like oh, I, I, I hear on, on more of a regular basis now people saying, oh, yeah, my counselor, you know, that I see, blah, blah, or my, you know, my therapist that I see. That's, I, I, I've heard, I've heard that twice this week mm-hmm. from, from a couple of friends, you know, talking about, well, I don't want to move out of state because I like my counselor that I have now, you right. know. And so I think the stigma surrounding that is, is drastically, you know, reducing as we go along and i mean especially in the recovery community I, I, i've seen that too but i mean you know the the difference between back to the differences between a psychiatrist is and and a therapist is to me and i'm sure there's plenty of psychiatrists that that you know don't fit this mold but you know a psychiatrist is is mainly trying to fix it with you know medications where a therapist is actually trying to give you, I'm, I'm, there was probably a psychiatrist listening to this right now, going, "That's wrong, <laughs> right?" I'm gonna write this is an like, angry letter. <laughs> this is just a nutshell, right? This as small as it gets, you know. Medication psychiatrist, yeah, and and tools and communication <laughs> with a therapist. That's kind of what I saw. I mean, that's just been our experiences, basically. Yes. Is is what we're saying, right. you know. So, anyways, I don't know. I, I just thought it was good to hear let other people kind of hear um, how it actually works out because that's something new that I had never really done, um, or it's been a long time since I've done. So I didn't even know how to start it. Yeah, and um, it was a little different, and it would have been easy just to give up because I kind of made the wrong phone call in the beginning. Um, it kind of started in the wrong spot, but I'm glad that it worked out that way. Cause now I have a great psychiatrist, a great primary care doctor and a great therapist now. And you didn't wait till a crisis situation, right? You didn't, you didn't wait until something, you know, major happened. Um, you just, which is, which is what most people usually do. And you don't have to, you can, you know, you can catch it early. I, agree. I mean, I, I think you can see a counselor when when you're not depressed. I think it would be a great idea, personally. I, yeah, I mean, I think you can go see a counselor anytime. Why, why wouldn't you? Yeah, because, I mean, it, it, it's going to be – I think the danger, though, with people in recovery is people who are in recovery, and especially somebody been in recovery for a long time, we know the language of, like – um, self-awareness type language mm-hmm. so well that you could really trick a counselor into thinking that you're doing well when you're really not. Oh, yeah. Like when I you walked know? in and said, oh, I'm really just struggling with self-pity <laughs> and fear. She was like, never seen it that detailed. Okay. <laughs> He's very self-aware because, I mean, you know, a lot of the steps and everything like that, it's geared towards, you know, self-awareness. Where are you at? Taking inventory, all those things. And so, to me, I, I think it's it is hard. It is hard for you know for me to really like get rid of all that recovery language and actually just be totally a hundred percent honest with the way I feel uh, to my counselor. Because I've noticed uh, a couple of times with my counselor that I've 
I've defaulted to this recovery language because it's what I know. And, um, you know, and I've had to been like, let, let me not use recovery language because it's going to mask the problem. Yes, but on the same hand, on the other hand, I guess, um, mine's always one. the same <laughs> hand. <laughs> Is that, um, you know, I'm able to kind of explain my feelings with my recovery language sure. that I wouldn't normally be able to actually help her understand what I'm going through. Yeah. So, I mean, th there is a balance, balance there. Yeah. Well, all right, man, that brings us to the end of another one. And, um, you know, maybe we'll get through one, one without the phone ringing because that's happened a lot lately. Yeah. Yeah. That, every that, time. Every time they get us. But it is what it is. Yeah. And, um, you know, if they're looking for a great podcast with no faults, probably don't want to listen to yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. That's the end of another one. I'm Roger. I'm Jason. We're signing out. Thanks for listening to Soberholic with Roger and Jason. If you like the show and want to know more, check out SoberholicPodcast.com. Please remember to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Soberholics.